fighting back hard as Weitzel. Not much between them. They hit it. Yes! Goal for Australia. What a swim. Olympic record. Kate Campbell gets it done. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by the Kid MG in studio. Nico, how are you this morning? Fantastic. This show is brought to you by topsport.com.au and puntingform.com.au, Australia's best online form guide and database you need this for spring, so make sure you check out puntingform.com.au. But uh, it's Olympic fever here, and uh, the girls, they were uh, inspirational in the uh, the medley. Heard that in the intro, Kate Campbell, Hughes, the eh, eh, the McEwen, the McCowans. <laughs> I still uh, make a meal of that, but uh, almost brought a tear to my eye watching uh, Kate Campbell bring that home. It was uh, yeah, oh, the whole was. Olympic Games, maybe because of the COVID, the isolation. It just even without the crowds, it's given everyone a little bit of hope. I think. Yeah, it's still the uh, it's still the ultimate event in uh, sports, isn't it? Every time it comes around. Uh, people buy into it, and you know any you know it's like a bit like the World Cup in soccer and stuff like that. If you if you've got an, uh, something to support, everyone gets around it, and uh, obviously the Aussies have, have fared very well the first uh, week and a half. But uh, you know the swim team they just set the tone. We're probably lucky that the uh, the schedule always has the swimming first because it seems to get uh, our country more often than not up and about early. And I think the only person going better than Emma McCohen is top rope. He has back so many winners. He's hitting it oh, somewhere over 20%. He's got still open bets on the table. Day in, day out, this bloke is a betting machine and a tipping machine. Have you seen anything like it? His range, fencing, yeah. weightlifting, he's yeah. got it all. He's uh, He was disappointed Freak. he had to wait the fifth year for it because he's, uh, <laughs> he's very much in routine of every four years and he, he didn't like having to wait the extra 12 months. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't uh, if you haven't subscribed to get his tips, you've missed, you, you've missed out. Not only in just watching it adds that extra entertainment, but his information as well just to uh, educate you in just watching any event, whether it's, yeah, it's been uh, weightlifting or shooting or whatever that you don't get to often see. Uh, he gives you the quick snapshot of... Uh, what to look for in an event, and even if you're not a punter, it, uh, it gives you an education and a bit of a uh, an insight into each sport, I guess, uh, with the history and everything. But yeah, he's been uh, he's been awesome over overall, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable to watch. I think the only downswing of the Olympics and winning money on the Olympic Games is sometimes it gets your account marked. Don't worry <laughs> about top sport because they'll let you on, but. You can, it can be a bit of an account killer once you start pinging winners in the EP, the pistol, uh, the rowing, and all that sort of thing. So it's a uh, it's a mini sting there. It's a little. It's not stinging stinging the tail for the week. And then the other little funny quirk is the long the what is it, the high jump where the two guys just called yeah. the quits and didn't have a sort of a jump off or anything like that. It was sort of a little bit like the SA Jockey Premiership when it, <laughs> when Todd Panel won on a count back. Should there be Define winners at this sort of peak. What do you reckon? Person, personally, I didn't like it. Uh, not that I uh, tuned, you know, necessarily tuned in to watch the high jump. It was kind of more, um, you know, it was programmed alongside the hundred meter men's, mm. which obviously is a blue ribbon event. Uh, a lot of people tune in for it. So the high jump got probably got that exposure in and between what was going on there, um, and obviously with the Italian winning and the Italian uh, also tying in the high jump, but. Um, yeah, I found it really strange. It's very uh, 2021, though, isn't it? Here you go. You can both win. Everyone's happy clapping. Well, well it's only a new rule. I think uh, of what I read, it was only changed over in 2009, um, and now they give the option to uh, a jump off or not. Now, I don't know why there's an option because if you're offered a gold medal, you take um, it. You're taking it. You're not yeah. playing on for silver. Um, but I, I just I just wonder how much it tarnishes it for uh, – you know, the potential winner or do they care or, you know, you go around saying you're a co-winner because, uh, you know, I'd rather have seen a jump off. And I think for the sport to highlight it as well, um, it would have been better, you know, more exciting to actually have have a winner and have a jump off. I know there's no crowd there, but the TV audience would have got right around it. I tell you what, in week one of the Olympics, the 55 kilo women's weightlifting, we would have copped a draw. That was a a big, big, big swing for us. Well, that's almost on the other side of the. Why? Why can't you, you can have it if you have a draw in the high jump? Why can't you have it in the fifty-five kilo women's weightlifting? Like, that, uh, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's not. Yeah, but, uh, true. But that wasn't a draw. That was more of a coaching error, from what I understand. Uh, it's it's probably the one event that Top Rope wants to take back. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm it's, scarred. It's, it's one of the major blights that uh, would have, as you said, shut a lot more accounts down. Um, but that, yeah, that was more a strategy thing, which probably people. Uh, 
myself included, in understanding the sport. <laughs> you know, you're, you're very stiff when you back someone who doesn't miss the lift uh, and, you know, and gets beaten. I, I thought that was a bit disappointing. But, but you know, back the high jump and, and, and you get a – well, you get a split pot. So yeah. maybe as a punter, they're like, a bit it's, disappointed It's sort of like well. those flat lines that you see, you know, the flat 48. Punters will probably want a result. Yeah. But I guess it's a good result for both uh, both players. Speaking of yeah. results uh, in the AFL, it was probably a bookies round, five out of nine favourites, uh, but only three covered the line. And there's a couple of teams that are taking their foot off the accelerator. Uh, Brisbane didn't even put their foot on the accelerator. The Lions, they're in uh, all sorts. But the Cats, the Cats are... The Cats do this often, and they only did what was absolutely bare minimum. They won off a quarter tank of fuel down in Tassie. You're not warmer to the Cats now, are you? I'll just say, they're playing games, aren't they? Uh, they're keeping themselves they're tracking. Well, they've fresh. Won a, I mean, they've won 11 out of 12. It's not like they've snuck up on anyone. No, um, I know, but yeah. they, they only play as good as they have to against the bad sides. Well, we've spoken about Geelong before. They, you know, they're, they're built on... Defense playing ugly. They love a scrap, and you know they're, you know, I don't know what what animal. They're a bit like a crocodile, aren't they? They dra- drag <laughs> you into the mud and just you know make it, make it a wrestle, don't they? Um, you know they play ugly. Um, personally, that's why you know we're we're probably not great fans of Geelong just because we don't like watching them because it's boring ass games, really. Mm, and so, they got so much talent. Yeah, and if I had a chance to go and watch a final and Geelong were in it, uh, probably pass. No, you can't go. We're not allowed to go to the footy back here. But uh, <laughs> something that uh, was a good spectacle was the Essen and Sydney game. High scoring, both teams just slugging it out. Swans look like a genuine side. They had all the answers for the Bombers. There's a lot to like about the Bombers going forward, but the way they coached and played that game, that's what fans want. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it's good. Rutten must be tuned into the show every now and again. He must be getting some feedback <laughs> from it. somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's how you want footy being played. Um, you know, I know you can't have it all the time with conditions and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure how. I don't think any time this year we've had both teams score over 100. It may have happened once or twice, but, yeah, it was a bit of a throwback to, what, the 80s and 90s, mm, I guess. Uh, it was a great contest as well, and it shows that high-scoring games uh, don't need to be one-sided either because it was only just over a goal, the difference, and... Uh, and it was it was close for large parts of the game as well. Um, they're tracking well, Essendon. I, th- I think they'll still just miss um, around that ninth spot. They're probably still rated on mine anyway. Um, but yeah, they'll definitely be one to look for for next year. Mm, it's uh, just that that loss to the Giants is something that's going to come back to haunt them. Let's have a quick look at the bookie wrap. We already said it was uh, five out of nine favourites at fifty six percent. The line three out of nine, thirty three percent, and the totals uh, the overs just fell in there five out of nine. And for the season, the favourites are going one hundred and eleven out of one seventy one at sixty five percent. The line seventy seven out of one seventy one at forty five percent. So the plus is uh, on top there, and the over eighty nine and one seventy one. So the new rule changes haven't. Really really affected uh, much of the total action there. And the hits and misses, let's see where the money went last week. Western Bulldogs, Adelaide, the over 145 to 153.5. I did like the uh, the, the tooting uh, car horns at Ballarat. And <laughs> it was funny to see the guys trying to poke poke through the fence and they weren't allowed in the ground, but they could stand at five metres back. And yeah. oh, it's just a bit of a schmozzle at the moment. But uh, yeah, the wind out at Ballarat is just absolutely chaotic. So it was amazing they could still hit that total. The Western Bulldogs are absolutely humming. Uh, Geelong... That was uh, was smashed that one, 24.5 to 35.5, and, and they uh, only got the job done, as we said, by 20 points there. Gold Coast, Melbourne, the over, 151 to 162.5. It hit the middle there, 158. The Collingwood line, 12.5 to 5.5 hit against the insipid West Coast Eagles. What a rabble they have become. And then uh, the Hawthorne-Brisbane game, over 144.5 to 158.5. That was a big hit. It was sort of in the balance there for a while. But uh, Brisbane finally found their uh, skates in the last quarter and uh, started to hammer that total over, much to your delight, MG. But while we're talking about Brisbane Lions, since... Since Hipwood's got injured, they are rudderless. It's really exposed Danaher. He can't play against yeah. the, the best defender. And structurally, they're just all at sea. He used to play a lot more up the ground. They're a mess. Yeah. it's um, yeah, it's yeah, uh, One player has changed their team a lot. Um, we thought it would hurt them, maybe not to this level. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, they're, uh, they're really wanting for answers at the moment. Uh, and, you know, they've got an interesting match this week against Freo. Uh, They've got an easy draw 
you know, speaking ladder position wise in the last three. So they are a chance to still get momentum, but yeah, their top four chances are now dashed. Um, and the way COVID's tracking at the moment in Queensland with their COVID cases, they probably won't see home again mm. either. So um, yeah, they, they've got the work work ahead of them to uh, play a part in this final series, I would have thought. And it's probably just maybe just one one big injury too many um, for, the, for Brisbane at the moment. They're going to have to have a turnaround to, uh, to look like winning the flag yeah, at this stage I, for sure. I just don't know where it can come from. Yeah, it's a fair call. I mean, you, you see swings and roundabouts in the form pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, but I, I just think it's, as you said, it's more the structure uh, more than effort. Um, and maybe just against a, a good sides with a good defences, they're going to be found wanting at the end. But on paper, they've still got the ability. Um, but, you know, Nell's missing the top four. It's, it's always hard work. Okay, let's uh, let's zip through to Sting in the Tail, and I think uh, MG's trying to trigger me. I've had a couple of days off just prepping for uh, the arrival of a baby, but I've seen the run sheet. <laughs> Sting in the Tail's gone on a different little tangent than I expected, but uh, it's Hawthorne, the family club, MG, and you're going to uh, I just tear tear shreds off me. And divorces are never easy. Unless uh, you are using a company called SimpleSeparation.com. If you want a clean divorce, make sure you check them out. And if you mention Little Birdie, you might get a little bit of a 10 or 20% discount. Yes. Not encouraging you to get a divorce, but if you're going to get one, make sure you check out Simple Separation. And Hawthorne have gone through an ugly divorce, or some say it's ugly. I watched the press conference. Maybe I've just uh, drunk the soup there, but looked all uh, looked pretty, re- pretty fair, pretty cheery when uh, Jeff and... Alistair and Sam were giving the address out at Waverley Park and all good things must come to an end. I don't know. Do you have to get rid of one of the best coaches of all time? Maybe not, but he's just not – realistically, he's not going to coach there forever. What are we going? Uh, Here's your opportunity no. just to, to fling mud on, on my Hawkers. No, it's not about flinging mud, but you as a Hawthorne supporter, uh, if you just had your choice, would you have been happy to or, you know – would you kept Clarkson or would you have made the switch to Mitchell? And on what grounds would you justify switching to Mitchell? Well, I think a couple of years ago, or maybe the last two years, that's it's probably starting to change and maybe it's a cattle thing, but we used to play this unsociable football and we used to be very tough. And I think we've lost some of that tough, hard edge. I'd like to see that return. And maybe it's more about our back six and we're finally getting the right sort of cattle as you know, Granger Barras, a couple of good players that are coming back in. But I think we've lost our sort of hunger and our passion and lost our way a little bit. And maybe Sam's the, the coach that can turn that around. But, I, you know, you it's, said- it's a funny one. It's it's more of a, a marketing uh, marketing thing and, you know, clean sheets and to start again with a brand new fresh face. And Mitchell, is he going to be the, the – he seems to be the coach that everyone wants. And I think partly maybe – Maybe Collingwood have done. Collingwood wanted probably Sam Mitchell or have tried to flush out either Mitchell or Clarkson, and it's it's sort of exploded in Hawthorne's face. So we can't keep both, and if they're the two coaches in demand, I think we're in a better position to keep Mitchell rather than Collingwood, who seem all at sea with a coaching appointment. They're sort of getting the second best, and then I guess the story won't go away. Caroline. She got this right. She throws 100 darts. But uh, I think we said it last week before uh, everything hit the fan that if Clarkson was going to go anywhere, it was going to be Carlton. And it seems to be the story that she's still running with and other people that we speak to. If Alistair's going to coach, it's going to be Carlton or he's going to have a year off and he go to the Gold Coast Suns. You're not tipping Caro to get two right in a year, are you, surely? Well, hey? I don't know. Does she want a pat on the back? I saw her on oh, the Channel 9. Grandstanding at cross- the moment. Cross promotion, but she does get along a lot, lot wrong. She's grandstanding. She made the yeah. story about herself uh, and Sam McClure. That's a, that's a, a side issue that we may cover in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I just think uh, Hawthorne couldn't have handled this any worse. You're probably right. And and you know, I just I can't understand how these football clubs keep basically effing up on the optics uh, for their members. And Collingwood's, you know, we've, we've discussed Collingwood of how they've gone about it with their board. It's a disgrace. Now it's ended up in the courts. Uh, c- certainly well, <laughs> entertaining go- to let Eddie go at it because, you know, he, he kept a, a lid on it. And now since he's left, you show, it shows how quickly a club can fall apart. Mm. Now, there's a lot of people that go into a football club and there's a lot of people who control different versions of the club. What's going on at Hawthorne? recently uh, for a club that portrays themselves as the family club (laughs) 
Uh, you're right. If they're in divorce courts at the moment, they you know there'd be shots fired. Seriously, this is uh, you know, and it, you know what I don't like about it, besides the optics, is you know, and even if Mitchell proves to be the right rein to pull in this situation, they have put him at a huge disadvantage and under enormous pressure going into his first year of coaching because there's no room for failure now with Mitchell. They've already bottomed out and they're showing good signs of improvement. But if Mitchell say, starts the year next year or doesn't make finals because that's going to be pretty much... Mitchell has to make finals next year for Hawthorne so you, for, okay. to prove successful. So Otherwise, we're going to have to do a Sydney pressure. Swans. You're saying that Longmire and the Swans are sort of this revelation, second last to now playing finals. You're saying a pass mark for Hawthorne now is potentially we win the wooden spoon or finish second last. And now we have to do exactly what Sydney's doing. And that's a pass mark. Well, you're a tough I, marker. No, but the pressure that okay. will go into this club... If Mitchell doesn't turn it around really quickly, quickly. the analysis will always be: we should have stepped with Clarko. Mm. We should have. Oh, it's an easy now, one. Yeah, I know, but this, you know how the media work, right? They love to. They love oh, to. They love a beat up. One hundred percent. So you imagine Mitchell's going to have to cop this week in, week out if he's not performing next year, and he'll start second guessing himself. It's human nature. So I just think the way Hawthorne have got about it as a family club, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I just don't like the optics of it. Uh, Jeff Kennett has to stand down now, Why? you know, because. You know, if they say they needed a fresh start, then he is part of the problem, okay? He leads he leads the lying part of Hawthorne. He's a politician. He lies. Every time he's he a gets politician. in front of a camera, he lies. Yeah, so he can't get out of that mantra then, can he? He lies every time. He has told no truce other than when he was found out and still try to weasel his way out of it. Jeff should just come on, put his hand up and say, I lied to you as all because that's what he did. He goes, you know, and he can say, listen, I've always been a liar and I probably always will be in the future. That's how I'm going to run this club. And poor Sam Mitchell, and I don't know the bloke, and we haven't seen him in the public eye too much other than as a footballer, but he's been put in front of the cameras to lie as well. Now, whether he believed what was going on or not, you know, if you want to put a red light behind him in his media conferences the last two weeks, it'd be going off like a, a fire truck. Seriously, it's disgraceful. And as for Clarko, what a way to go out of Hawthorne. You know, the best coach of the current generation other than Hardwick, mm. I'd still have him in front of, um, go, leaves the club with a bad taste in his mouth. And I don't think he's done his, himself any favours going forward either because he's, he's just lied his way out of Hawthorne as well. I understand he had to protect his money and get his money. That's you know a different story. But he could have carried himself with a whole lot more dignity than what he did. So very disappointing for Hawthorne. And uh, they want this season over with. Okay, so then out of Hawthorne and Collingwood, who's who's handled the coaches departing and set themselves up for next year better, Hawthorne or Collingwood? Well, Collingwood haven't found a coach yet. Well, so I'd say that we've hand, we've we've not told the truth along the way, perhaps, and we've still got a coach. We're still in front of like, the curve versus Collingwood, who are now in the court. So yeah. I, you don't have to tell the media everything all the time. One hundred percent. So why do you hold a media conference then? You can't well, have when it, both it suits ways. us. Yeah, but it doesn't suit you. Because the outcome's been Well, poor. it didn't suit us, and then that's where Clarko peddled out, and, and we we still needed time to work it out is probably what I'm saying. So work it out before you go to the media. Mm. But yeah. people talk, and there's, there's there's leaks. People love talking. I know, but the media, you know, people like... Oh, uh, I'm a, I bag the media. People like your mate Carrie Wilson and stuff has sources <laughs> that she just makes up in her sleep. She wakes up and says, my source told me this, my source told me that. No one's speaking to Carrie Wilson. Give me a spell. You know, I mean, she goes on TV and radio and spills the beans all the time. How can you be a source? Mm. You know, unless your unless your aim is to destruct a club, which Hawthorne seemed to have done. Hawthorne should have handled this behind closed doors. Should have sorted Tried it out, to. Um, and should have learnt from history as well to basically say, "Listen, a, a coaching changeover doesn't work. We either make the call and we go with one, or we stick with what we have." And Collingwood flushed them out. It played a small part. They, they were never going with Mitchell. So even if Hawthorne thought that. They've been outplayed in a poker hand because Conley would no way they're going with a first-time coach. Their history shows that. They just, you know, they don't do that, especially one from the outside. They've taken from within before, but they definitely don't take from outside. Whether they can get Clarko or not seems unlikely, but this is their best chance to get him and they've got free air to get him. Whether the AFL beat him to the punch with Gold Coast is another question. The best thing is Hawthorne play Collingwood this week. Yeah, absolutely shattered that I can't go MCG because of this COVID Boy, chaos. It is such a great standard match, and I think you and I need to have a genuine bet next year who's going to finish higher, Collingwood or Hawthorne. 
I'm not interested in watching either. For multi- <laughs> multiple bottles of Grey Goose. Uh, but I think Hawthorne are in a better position than Collingwood well, off did. the back of the coaching drama. But I, I do concede Collingwood have got a, a good couple of kids and have had a rough rough injury run. So before when like, I said that Hawthorne probably have to make finals to take the pressure off Mitchell. I think that's rubbish. And you reckon that's unlikely? No, then I think it's rubbish. So do you think they'll make finals next I year? I think we can finish ahead of Collingwood. It's going to be a low race, is it? Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I just want to take your vodka. Anyway, right. let's uh, let's look forward to this week. Uh, the NRL, there's COVID chaos up there, and just the game. It's it's in a precarious state, but Top Rope will say it's fine. The Roosters smash Para twenty eight zip. Storm were sensational yet again. My bunnies are uh, absolutely on fire 50, 50 to fourteen. And the best thing is we've got Turbo Pappenhausen on Saturday night. Melbourne Storm versus the Seagulls. Hopefully that'll be an absolute block. Blockbuster. Oh, uh, rugby League definitely needs a close battle or a contender for the Storm. It looks all one-way traffic, especially uh, if the talk about the NRL venue is the MCG. It could be an absolute demolition job. We're going to have a look at uh, Round 20 AFL, uh, Round 21 Oh, sorry, round 21 AFL, round 21 NRL. Uh, we'll look at uh, lock of the week. We'll talk a little bit of Olympics with our man Top Rope Tadeshi. But if you're having a bet this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They've been in the game for 35 years. The Melhands up at the Gold Coast. They are a professional outfit and they're our major sponsor. We get the streams done via them because they love to take a bet. Um, up next, we're going to talk AFL. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG. It's time to look at AFL Round 21. And the opener on Friday night is the Cats versus the GWS Giants. As talk, Jeremy Cameron is back. And the market there is $1.13, the Cats. 6.10, the Giants. And 32 and a half. the line there down at GMHBA Stadium at the Cattery MG. Yep. Cats, they get the rub of the green with the umpires. They're absolutely humming. <laughs> But can they cover this line? Will they have their foot on the accelerator or off? Because they have got multiple years this side. Yeah, they were well back last week, weren't we? Uh, weren't they? Sorry, mm. um, and didn't didn't cover. It was a real ugly game. They got the win, but uh, yeah, it's it, it is a big line. Um, both teams are off a short break. Uh, Geelong are off six days. Giants are off five. Um, and being Friday night at the Gold Co- uh, sorry, at Geelong, um, weather can play a part. Not the rain necessarily, but the uh, the dew and the slipperiness. So uh, that's something to consider looking at a line that's uh, in the low 30s at this stage. Um, you know, you must consider also that the Giants now are in must-win situation, obviously, to make the finals as well. So, you know, in theory, they should be desperate. Um, and 30 is a big line. So uh, not a betting match for me personally. Um, if I was going to look to bet in this match, I'd definitely be taking the under 153.5. Uh, I just think the, um, the the total down at Geelong and the way the Geelong play, I, I, I think you've got a good edge there at the moment. So um, uh, being a tight game, this is almost a final for both. Geelong mm. are obviously trying to stay within the top two. As you said, Jeremy Cameron playing will uh, be a good story in. No against, Mitch Duncan, though. Against the Giants. Still no Mitch Duncan, um, but, you know, Geelong have got the coverage, they've got the depth for that at this stage. Um, you know, th- this will be a good game. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get with Geelong. Very consistent at home, obviously very hard to beat. Um, I can't see them losing the game, but, um, you know, it depends on which Giants uh, turn up down there. Might give you a sight, yeah. <laughs> you just don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> that, being, that being said, they could get beaten by 60 points uh, as well. You've seen some absolute shockers from the Giants as well. Um, so, yeah, not a betting spot for me. If I was going to bet, I'd probably take Geelong 1-39 to 39 as well. I think that's a better option within the game. Um, but, yeah, I like the under in this game. Mm, I don't mind that angle, 153.5. You can see the wheels fall off the Giants. They just go missing for a quarter or a half of football. And we've seen how uh, defensive the Cats play, so the total under will be the bet for me. Uh, a little bit stacked to the uh, the later half of the ra- the round for us. We've got the next game that we're going to preview is Sunday afternoon, the Western Bulldogs versus Essendon at the Dome. And they've got doggies at 125. The bombers are $4.22 and a half. The line there. This will be uh, a roof closed jobby with no fans allowed in the match. Yeah, unfortunately. It's gonna be interesting to see how the how Essen perform. I think the dogs run and spread on the rebound. Uh, that, that that makes me worried about the bombers. And <laughs> you like the bombers though. 
They're, I do they're love a good the watch, aren't they? They um, are. They're, they're, and uh, it's, they're going places, for yeah, sure. It's a bit unfortunate that the uh, crowd won't be allowed because I think um, Great match you know, we one. really enjoyed the Sydney-Essendon game last week. Mm. Um, and, and I think this game will be similar. Um, as you said, under the dome, closed roof, so weather won't have an impact. Um, and the Bulldogs and Essendon, I, I think they're both playing the right way. Um, you know, we've got first, first v 10th. Um, and, you know, the Bulldogs have got the best offense and Essendon only know one way. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm still shading the Bulldogs, the line, um, only just though. But I think there is an edge. If you like the Bulldogs, um, I'd be backing them. Um, I'm just not sure at Essendon. You know, they've been playing a few finals in a row at the moment uh, on the back end of the year trying to make finals. Mm. Uh, winning loss have been very inconsistent where the Bulldogs are just firing on all cylinders at the moment, aren't they? Such a deep midfield. Dunkley's yeah. going to only improve and then yeah, maybe of, Trelaw back. Some of the mid, the midfield clashes are unbelievable this yeah. week. Um, you've got Parrish and Merritt that are both high up in the Brownlow. Libba, um, obviously, Yeah, obviously the Bulldogs have, have run five or six deep. So um, key key outs for Essendon this week um, is both Heppel and Langford. Um you know, they're, they're not their top Raiders, but Heppel's been kind of shoring up the defence uh, a bit. Bit of a lead down there. He's obviously their captain. Langford's not in their, their cream, but he is a bigger body midfielder that would have uh, potentially gone to the bont. Um, so, you know, that may create a bit of a hole there. Um, but what I would like to see this week is your mate Stringer maybe step up, put his hand up and say, I want to take the bont on. You know, bull v bull, and uh, really test himself against one of the best. That'd be that'd be a highlight reel. Um, you know, I, I think from a betting, yeah, as I said, the Bulldogs. Um, I'd br- just shade at the line here, um, but I'm probably looking later in the week. Uh, the, they come up to 165 in the total. And I think there'll be plenty of points in this game. So uh, again, I'm going to stick to the totals if I was betting um, to tip people in and over 165 and a half. Mm, I think you'd take uh, Bulldogs in your multi and then maybe two or yeah, somewhere between 15 and a half points. Or maybe, yeah, I think the Bulldogs could maybe just fall in here or blow them away, but I'm, I'm not overly sure what's going to happen there. But let's have a look at uh, Sunday's match in Perth. We've got the Dockers who, a bit of a yo-yo side, but uh, a bit ugly as well. They've uh, they found a way to beat the Tigers last week and the Brisbane Lions. They just uh, couldn't get out of the blocks last week against the Hawks. 154, the Lions, 250, the Dockers, and the Lion, 10.5. Despite Brisbane last week, my lean is still Brisbane at the minus. I, I don't know how they're going to turn it around, yeah. but I, I fancy them over there. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – yeah, it's a tough match to line up this one because, as you said, Fremantle have been uh, a bit up and down, and Brisbane are just out of form. Um you know, Brisbane have lost three or four, three out of four now, mm. um, and just struggling. Um, obviously, we, we spoke briefly about Hipwood and the uh, structural changes. Tough road trip to Perth. Um, you know, and you've got Brisbane now probably not playing for as much because they're kind of that stuck in no man's land. Um, can't make the top four now and can't really. Still drop a home final, final though. Still a home final, but bottom bottom four and a second chance. I think they got a lot to play for, but yeah, they're spark. Well, they need to they need to find some form. A so spark. they've got they've got three three games now where they play teams. Um, well, Fremantle are in the eight, sorry, but like three uh, sides below them. So they've got a chance to really build into the finals. Just get some confidence up, get some scores on the board. But Fremantle, geez, uh, that game last week was one of the ugliest you'll see against Richmond. Um, Terrible, you know, and you know, I've got to put myself through, watching through the replay yet. I've got to build 13 myself 28 they kicked. At one stage, it was six goals, 26 combined. Crazy. Um, horrendous. Like, you know, so bad, it's unbelievable that they actually put that on television. They should have just pulled the pin. Um, <laughs> it, you know, unwatchable football, especially when we, when we talk, we come off watching Essendon Sydney to mm. put ourselves through that uh, diabolical for mine. Um, so I just find these teams a bit hard to to line up at this stage. Um, Fremantle have obviously got a win to play final, so this is a big game for them. They need to take a scalp. Um, I just, I'm still of the belief, even though they got over Richmond, Richmond obviously a wounded Tiger at the moment as well, I just think Frio missing Walters and Fife will catch up with them uh, and Brisbane need to get a win on the board. I think, I, I agree with you, I think the 10, minus 10 and a half Brisbane bit cheap. Is, is probably a goal cheap at this stage now. Um, but, you know, saying that, I th- I've just got a feeling in the market that it'll either hold or it might even come Frio's way. I just think the modelers are, are, are kind of 
tending Frio's way. So mm-hmm. um, being, a, being a late Sunday game, I think if you like either side, I don't think the market will go too far. But, um, yeah, I'm on Brisbane in this one. Cracking match we've got on some Monday night football, West Coast Monday. Eagles and the Ds. Don't mind a bit of Monday action. <laughs> 142, 290 the Eagles and 14 and a half. Oh, dear. The West Coast Eagles last week were absolutely insipid, and this is a free line. If the Eagles turn up or don't turn up like they did last week, the 14.5 for the Ds, I'll be absolutely eating for breakfast. I'll have Melbourne at the minus every day of the week against this Eagles outfit. They are an absolute disgrace at the moment for a side that's in contention for finals. What they dished up last week was unforgivable. As a fan, you would be pulling your hair out. Yeah, they're probably getting a bit used to it, West Coast. I think they're, um, yeah, I think West Coast have got, you know, I think it's shown again this year they've got a real bad trend for chucking in the towel, quite simple. You know, they're, they're virtually the Nick Kyrgios of the AFL for mine. Um, when they don't want to play, there's, it's no, ugly. there's no better side than turn it up. And, you know, they, they've got the checkered history, we'll call it, West Coast. Um, you know, they love to either bet themselves or bet against. Um, it's, it's not news. And a few games this year, you could make some real good cases that West Coast love to throw it in. The plunge for Collingwood last week was extraordinary. Mm. We um, said it last week. We were sitting here watching the game, and I ended up leaving a uh, short time after it. But we thought the, the, first, the first quarter, yeah. they just needed to get off to a good start, and they were in reverse from the get-go. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying by any means, not trying to get us into trouble at all, that uh, West Coast bet themselves and stuff, but certainly people around the club and whatever, and as you said, uh, the football walls speak, and you know they know when they're not on as a club and they don't turn up, and we've seen it time and time again. The money for Sydney when they got smashed down Geelong was the same, um, and you know they didn't back Collingwood last week on form, that is for certain, um, because otherwise Collingwood wouldn't be picking against Hawthorne this week. Um, and the the plunge on Collingwood last week and what West Coast dished up, there was something not quite right going on. So moving on to this week against Melbourne, you would say, um, you know, whether you trust Melbourne or not, uh, you've been a fan for them all year. Um, I have to agree with you. If, you. if you like Melbourne, the minus 14 and a half is a gift. Um, but this is a situation with West Coast is they play when they want to. Um and whether they can turn it around or not. But we've got this stat that West Coast at home are a different beast. And I think we said it against Richmond a couple of weeks ago when you didn't want to have them again. Um, you know, so it all depends which West Coast want to turn up. And I'm going to say which West Coast want to try. So uh, I think the key in this match is you'll know early in the first quarter. Um, and, and this is the way I'd be betting. If, mm. if you can see Maybe early in, in the first... Yeah, in play. This is a live betting match, Monday night. All eyes will be on. I just got this feeling. Don't be surprised if we're speaking this this time next week that you go, how did West Coast beat Melbourne? Um, you know, because they, they do pick and choose their battles. But if you want to bet live in this game, you'll know in the first five or ten minutes who's going to win. Mm, I still can't believe. I think they were down, what, 20, 24 points against Richmond with ten minutes to go? Yep. What was it? Three month, two, two or three months ago, I, that, that's probably, it was that probably one. one of the biggest results that I had going for the season on the Tigers. Yep, and I'll never, yeah. They're, they're a different side. I, c- at, I can't. They're, they're a different side at home. Yeah, uh, they're going to have a crowd, which which impacts largely, and also they're fighting for their their spot in the eight. So they've got a lot going on, um, and they definitely would have got a rocket up them. Um, so you know, I, you know, I know you're keen to back Melbourne. I won't be able to talk you out of it, but. You know, just don't be surprised at the result if Melbourne uh, get beaten by West Coast at home, and then you say, "Oh, West Coast at home, too good." Hmm. Poor old Adam Simpson. He'd be dealing. He's just—I don't know how he deals with it. They are an absolute basket case. Let's have a look at uh, the Premiership, which the West Coast Eagles will not be winning, and um, the Cats are uh, very mentally strong in comparison, and they're three dollar eighty favourite. I'd still have the Bulldogs, who are three ninety second pick at Top Sport. I'd have the Bulldogs uh, firmly favourite there. Their speed and uh, Jamara. I love uh, his X factor that he brings into the side. And uh, once they get all their midfielders up and humming, the doggies are going to be hard to beat. The D's are $5. The Swans are eight fifty. Port Adelaide, 9 $12. The Lions. West Coast Eagles, 31 The Tiglets, 67 You're a brave man if you back them. Market looks pretty uh, pretty spot on here. Yeah, can't argue too much. The only one I'd have is um, I'm, I'm still a bit surprised the Bulldogs aren't slight favourites over Geelong. I'd just have them flipped. Um, that's just a personal preference. Uh, but other than that, I think it's uh, there's not too much meat on the bone, as you like to say. I think, you know, the top six sides are, uh, 
made up uh, right now. And Brisbane are probably leaking out the back. Um, there's got to be some doubts on Sydney. I know they're going enormous, um, but whether they can actually win the flag would be um, one of the greatest efforts in AFL, I reckon, mm. for sure. They'll, uh, you'll probably get a better price if you multi them up in the final. So I think that's uh, a shade of unders there. So a little For trick. the Swans? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to get any home finals, which you've got to now mm. take into calculations. And if all the finals are played in Melbourne, um, the three top That'd sides That'd be nearly odds against every time. Yeah. and that's, Close to pick. And saying that, that's probably part of the reason. Geelong yeah. m- might be looking at one or two home finals, which is um, the bookies have factored in. But just on sheer form and who I think will win, I think the, the Bulldogs should be favourite. Is, uh, will they get the finals down at the Cattery? Yes. Whew. Well, they will just because of the grounds available. If, if the finals can only be played in Melbourne mm-hmm. and we've only got the uh, Geelong, the Dome and the MCG to play at, then they'll get them. Uh, Swans will probably want to play. They've played a couple of good games down there. Um, but, yeah, Geelong might get free reign through to the down final. There. Maybe. The boys. Hey? They don't like to travel. <laughs> they hate it. They just they, it's like, they, they miss all their tea times at Barwon Heads and Thirteenth Beach. So that's fair enough. Like Richmond going from the MCG to the Dome, it's too far. <laughs> too far. Can't catch a tram. Oh, uh, let's have a look at the Brownlow medal. The Bont is clear favourite. Two fourteen here. Would you rather take the Bont at two fourteen or Melbourne Storm at two twenty in the NRL Grand Final? I'll probably I'll probably lean the Storm. Yes. Ollie Wine second pick four seventy. Clayton Oliver seven fifty. Sam Walsh eight dollars. The bookies know they've had their foot on this bloke the whole entire time. Darcy Parish eleven dollars. Kristen Petrarca starting to get out a juicy price there. I would have thought thirteen dollars. Jack Steele your man fourteen dollars. Jack McRae. $21, Zach Merritt, $26, Luke Porker, uh, $34, <laughs> my man Tommy Mitchell, $41, Jared Lyons, $46, Cam Guthrie, similar quote, uh, no Undy Mundy, 67 and Max Gorn at uh, $67 here. Yeah. Are we laying the bond at the $2.14 if we're not already on? You tipped him up at the start of the year. Kudos to you. Uh, you got your ticket nice and early there with the Bulldogs being the big mover for the year. But yeah. I couldn't fall into him here at $2.14. Is he a risk? Uh, he's not a risk. He's too short, um, which we did uh, we did mention last week's show. I think he got into $1.90 um, to win the Brownlow and was happy to lay him at $1.90 there. Still happy to lay him at this price for this week. He missed out this week uh, and a few of those around him. Look like they piled. Uh, Wines is half a chance. Both the Melbourne guys uh, will share out the three and the two. You'd think Oliver and Petrarca. Uh, Sam Walsh looks like he would be at the top end, maybe a three or two as well. Um, so if you made ground on him and the Bont didn't, um, you know now we've only got three rounds to go. Bont's definitely in the fight. But he's too short uh, compared to both Wines and Oliver, in my opinion. So if I was betting a fresh, uh, I like the second and third favourites right now. Wines and Oliver. Yes. Who's got the softest draw out of the Dogs, Port, the Ds? The Dogs. The Doggies have got the soft draw? Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, you know, they're all capable. I think Melbourne plays – Melbourne played Port last round, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So it might Um, come down to that match. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, you know, I, I think there's a few in the fight. There's not as many as you think, though. Um, I think at this stage there's only three left in the fight, to be all honest. But is still half a chance. Um, I'm still a layer of Sam Walsh. Um, I'm looking forward to at the end of a season when it's all done and done on the current betting. Um, there's going to be some huge bets made if the bookies want to take them on Walsh and a few head-to-heads um, around, uh, especially, say, if they put up a tracker against... Uh, Walsh should be, uh, they can take as much as they want. Mm, can't wait to see your Brownlow action in a couple of weeks' time, that's for sure. All right, the Coleman medal. We apologise. We've been uh, laying Harry, McKay, Mackay, McCarkey all <laughs> week, and we've copped it in the McCarkey. He is into a dollar five at Top Sport. Texan is $16. Tomahawk, $21.34. It's just ballooned out. This market is. A disaster. I'll tell you what, Harry Mackay, he single-handedly uh, carried Carlton to whatever they've produced for uh, for this <laughs> year. And produced. he may be a Hall of Fame-worthy nominee. He's a first snapper. Like he's, he's a snapper. When he kicks at goal, he's a snapper. He's not a drop punter. No. He's this new breed of football that loves to snap it around the body. And I probably owe him an apology. But if Carlton never make the finals, I think his snapping will cost them a big yeah. final. 
and maybe that's just my evil little vendetta against snappers. Uh, the little kids at, uh, at my place, they think it's really good when he snaps them, and I try and uh, coach that out of them at junior footy on Sundays. Mm. But he's turning a generation of kids into snappers. He's, well, yeah, he's, we got that he's wrong. Fine. Oh, it's just crazy, isn't it? Oh, we have to put up our hand. We, yeah, uh, he's I, a beast. I, I think for about <laughs> 10 or 12 weeks oh. now we've said uh, it's too short, too short, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's, hit just, the line. he's just end up getting the job done. So... Uh, that's the future one. We've uh, we've definitely cost ourselves uh, some money. I tell you what, it's been an absolute fill up for the AFL uh, bookmakers, especially at Top Spot. I'm sure, like with all the upset results, it's been an absolute chaotic and nightmarish uh, round or year of of AFL. So it's probably good that the bookies cop one in uh, Harry Mackay. So hopefully, you guys out there haven't listened to us and you've barreled him into all your uh, futures multis and you've got uh, some good results playing out with uh, Harry Mackay. Yes, we can't get them all right. We uh, we've definitely got this bloke wrong all season. If you want to get uh, your spring carnival right, make sure you check out punningform.com.au. You can build your own model. You can get the raw data. All the biggest players across the globe, if they're betting on Australian, Singapore, or Hong Kong racing, they buy punningform.com.au's data. So make sure you check them out if you want to uh, get serious about your spring form. They're a big sponsor of ours. So that is the wrap from us from AFL this week. It looks like an absolute uh, belting round. Let's hope uh, there's some free-flowing action. And uh, if you want more of Mark stuff, his AFL Stings is $44 and that uh, will see you out for the rest of the AFL season and uh, it includes finals as well. We'll take a break now and uh, we'll talk some NRL and uh, some Hall of Fame and a little bit of Olympics with uh, our man Top Rope Tedeschi who is on fire. He's our Michael Phelps. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG in studio and we've got our Michael Phelps about to join us. Top Rope Tedeschi. Top Ropes Torches, the man on fire. How are you, brother? After uh, 12 days of the Olympics, Scooty, I'm a broken man. I might need to be Michael Phelps on the on the pipe, not Michael Phelps in the pool. Mate, we're not going to send you a uh, money gun. I'm surprised you haven't just got money gun pistols just going bang, 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 bang. How many winners have you backed? It's just, uh, just crazy. Uh, the Olympics has been a bit of a fill-up for the subscribers, oh, that's for sure. We've... Uh, uh, I found a few winners. The yeah, you know, it, it's going to be tough judging the Hall of Fame this week. But uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> can me- you not the make yourself the, the Japanese men's epi team? Got to be in. Got to be. Got to be in contention. Eleven dollars. Yeah, I think we're th- we've hit three or four winners in the shooting. I've never seen someone fire a gun before, so that's been quite an effort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, been, uh, there's been a few breakout stars this Olympics. I'll tell you what. Uh, my wife coming the other night, she goes, why do you watch fencing this time every night? <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly don't know. But all I know is that it goes fencing and weightlifting. That's the evening. So. Oh, it's been uh, it's been riveting. It's, uh, it's put a different perspective on the Olympics for me, that's for sure. And there's a bit of chaos uh, in rugby league. Can't believe it. All the teams went to Queensland and then all of a sudden COVID's run right up there. Peter Villandis, he's the man to save rugby league. What's what's the state of play? How are the NRL going to wiggle their way out of this? Three letters, PVL. They don't have to wiggle their way out of anything. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, they've turned they've turned a COVID crisis into a bidding war for the grand final. You've got Matt Tripp trying to buy it through uh, as, a, as a private investor. You've got Mel, the Victorian government, the New South Wales government, the Queensland government all bickering for it. PVL, you're an absolute genius. Talk about making... Uh, Making making uh, uh, lemonade out of lemons, hmm, absolute hero, uh, absolute hero. Geez, it'd be nearly a hundred point drubbing, I think. If the Storm were to play on the MCG, given last week's game against Penrith and the injuries that they've got, mm. it's a fascinating uh, match this this weekend against Manly. This mm. will really so. Well, we've already seen the Storm dismantle the Rabbits, uh, depleted Rabbits, depleted Penrith. There's no stopping. Like their auto bet. They should just be lock of the week. We should just sack that segment and just have it all on Storm. They're our investment strategy, aren't they? You're a bit, late, to, you're a bit late to the party. No, we've been talking about it all year. I know, but Top Rope set that up for me at the start of the year. He said, just put a 1000 in the Melbourne Storm Fund and that'll be your holiday at the end of the year. So, Not like we won't be able to go anywhere. No, I know. If we can just shake COVID, we're in business. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll, definitely be able to, you'll definitely be able to get to Sale or Bendigo uh, certainly not. for your holiday at the end of the year. Certainly not earning any interest anywhere, that's for sure. So just need to turn it over. If Melbourne Storm, if they played away the whole year and they get the chance to come home to play in the grand final, 
the Melbourne. Can you imagine Melbourne's? I don't know. I mean, it all depends what kind of crowd they'll be allowed yeah. in. But imagine Melbourne Storm playing anyone in front of a uh, a raucous MCG crowd. It'd be crazy. Big, Maybe the biggest whole grand final, biggest grand final crowd ever, biggest grand final line ever. Mm. Maybe we, we should uh, rename the Hall of Fame, the Melbourne Storm Hall of Fame, given they're just, just so wait, dominant. Just wait till the end of the year. Just you know, we don't oh, want to, okay. you know, they're traveling nicely. <laughs> you just don't want to go out and overmouth them early. Wait until uh, wait until the week after the uh, the Sunday's done. Okay, I'm not worried yeah, about gonna... overmouthing them, uh, MJ. I'm worried about uh, having overbet them at the start of the year. So just keep getting <laughs> it done, Storm. <laughs> you'll, top, be, you'll be trading out at a good price. Top rope today, she was all over the Storm. I think around six or uh, seven dollars, and the South Sydney Rabbit. So he's uh, he's got the good futures tickets there, but uh, he's probably just kept piling in all year. And uh, something that we've been adding to all year is the Hall of Fame. That's uh, someone that we add weekly that does something miraculous for the punters out there. And I've got a really good uh, nomination this week. And I think we should uh, put Xander in. He's finally popped his cherry (laughs) and he's won a quasi-major. He's won Olympic gold. The poor old punters out there. There's a bloke out there in the Twitter sphere named Nathan Holt. And he backs him religiously every week and he's finally collected. I said, now, surely you've got to put the cue in the rack. You can't ever back Xander again. So my nomination this week is Xander Chauflet. Quasi-major. Quasi major. I'll tell you what, there have been <laughs> 17 New South Wales Opens in the last 17 years that have had stronger fields. <laughs> he, 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 won, he won exactly zero dollars from it. Please, Xander. Xander's in the Hall of Fame for uh, dressing your animals up at, uh, at your wedding. That's the only oh, Hall yeah. of Fame Xander's getting in. Oh, no good him. What about you, MG? Top nomination top this week? didn't take kindly to that Hall nomination. Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I... I Top rope's got plenty of plenty of contenders for the Olympics. So I, I just thought the Australian swim team was my highlight for the week of the uh, for the Olympics. Are, uh, especially the women, they're outstanding. Like they, uh, McCowan and McEwen, you just filled up on, didn't you? You just smashed him in every event that yeah possible. Yeah, we got around it early, especially McEwen. Um, you know, we we educated early, and they just keep winning medals. It was. Uh, it was a crazy performance, but it was good to watch, and they uh, they set the tone for the uh, the rest of the uh, Australians who are going enormous. Already covered their uh, gold medal line top rope. I think we discussed it at thirteen and a half. I think it was, and uh, covered it in the first uh, eight days. Yeah, sailed past. <laughs> They've won a few in the sailing. <laughs> All right, top rope. Uh, who, who have you got for this week, Hall of Fame? Look, in uh, any other week, Ryan Pappenhausen <laughs> would absolutely make it in for what, on face value, appeared to be a meaningless field goal. Up 36-10. They've rushed to kick off to kick it out and then fired it in to kick a long-range field goal. Total happened to be 46 and a half, so from 46 to 47, so depending on your position, that one. One of the sickest beats of all time or one of the great one of the great lobs of all time. It was outstanding. And based on the little raw smile on the Pat's face, I have a funny feeling he was aware of the total. So he thought it was very funny. I'm not saying he, he did anything untoward. I just think he thought it was a highly amusing situation. So uh, any other week, Pat, you, you, you'd be in it. But we've got George Olympics. These Olympians were never going to get another chance. I imagine Pat will be nominated seven more times this year. He's that good. Uh, <laughs> which, which, which Olympian do we put in? You know, like there's, oh. like I mentioned earlier, the Japanese men's epi team. Uh, the, the, the list goes on. The Great Britain 4x200 team. But... I've got to I've got to go with, uh, with with the kid on this one, MJ. Uh, Emma McKeon, Emma McKeon, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, absolute golden girl of the pool now. Not only uh, Australia's greatest ever uh, medal haul, but uh, Australian swimming's greatest ever punting collect, the way she kept winning uh, throughout the Olympics. Uh, uh, and some massive prices, 275, sorry, 325 early for the 50. Oh, fill your boots, jumped to dollar thirty. God bless you. Emma. So, uh, as Norman May would say, gold, gold, gold for Australia. Yeah. So, uh, I've never shown more, 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 more national pride than I did uh, when she saluted them. Outstanding Emma stuff. McKean, so, Hall of Fame. Emma McKean goes into the Hall of Fame, and McKean McEwen. I wish they were, uh, someone had just changed McKean. their surname. They're just so hard to. Uh, Emma McKean. McKean. Yes. McKean and McEwen. <laughs> oh, I'm not alone. Everyone gets <laughs> these balls up. Anyway, I think it's uh, sensational stuff. The girls have just held their own in the pool. Fantastic stuff. 
All right, let's uh, let's have a look at uh, the serious business this week. Let's get straight into Rugby League Round 21. And the opener this week is Newcastle Knights versus the Brisbane Broncos. $1.29 the Knights and the Broncos three seventy. The line 11.5 and the total 50.5. Pierce and Pong, I sound like a broken record, but uh, they're back at it again. Yep, second time this year. Uh, first time they played together, only time they played together, a 38-0 romp over North Queensland. Uh, Ponga was outstanding last week, back to full health. Uh, Taller, the Raiders, to show particularly that left edge. Uh, Brabham Best, underrated player, uh, he's back as well. So I think they'll do an absolute number on the Broncos. They've won their last two by 14 plus. So uh, I think they can make that three on the trot. I think this uh, line, I think it's minus nine and a half, out to minus 11 and a half. I think it'll keep, keep going. So uh, I'll be jumping on the Knights and jumping on early. Mm, Thursday night at Sunshine Coast Stadium, absolute corker. So, uh, yeah, the Rugby League is just outrunning COVID at the moment. The next game that we're going to have a look at seems to be uh, an absolute blockbuster weekend of uh, Rugby League. Thankfully, I'll have the remote firm in hand. I've been doing the hard yards all week early to get uh, some remoting duties this weekend. But Parramatta Eels take on my rabbits Friday night at Seabus Stadium, Gold Coast, $1.36 the Boonoirs. Three dollars twenty to eels. Eight and a half has been nibbled into one eighty. Evens the plus and fifty one and a half here. And my rabbits uh, go really good against the eels. Uh, sure, do screw. Not sure why you don't need the remote. You put it on the NRL. You leave it on the NRL. That's all you need to worry about. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, buddies, that they've, they've, they've posted thirty eight in the last three against uh, the eels. Eels flat track bullies. They've, been late season faders the last few years. They're doing it again. South for an awful matchup from because South can pile on points. I'll be switched on this week. Uh, I think South can cover that eight and a half fairly easily, to be honest. Uh, Moses back for uh, Parramatta, but I, I think they're pretty one dimensional. Uh, they've lost Regan Campbell Gillard, and all their attack comes from their forward players. So I reckon they can get out muscled here, and I reckon in the back of that, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker can have massive games. I think I know your answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. I follow Gus Gould on Twitter, and when he analyzes teams and goes on his little uh, post-match sort of analysis and, and rants and all that sort of thing, he he mentioned when he's talking about sides, he always says eel or rabbit or knight. Bronco, he never adds the S. But then when I have a look at how every team spelt the name, Newcastle Knights, Brisbane Broncos, Parramatta Eels, South Sydney Rabito. So, Gus, why do you say Rabito, Eel, Bronco? Why does he do that, Top Rope? Is the bloke sweet? No, nah, well, the bloke's not sweet. <laughs> the bloke has not been sweet for years. Uh, but he, he has an ego that needs uh, needs has this need for this craving for constant attention, and it's the only reason he's done it, and we just feel that again. So um, he does it because it drives people insane. It drives me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I've had to block him on Twitter. I can't cop him. I, I won't listen block. to him. Yeah. You're a blocker. Oh. Uh, blocker. Not really. He might be the first one. <laughs> he might be the first one. I just can't stand it. Just It's eels. It's rabbitos. It's bulldogs. It's not eel, rabbit or bulldog. It's 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 infuriating. But anyway, he's he's Canterbury's new head of football now, so things are all great. Mm, you're gonna have to like him or uh, live with him. All right, Saturday uh, afternoon, another cracker, Suncorp Stadium, Sydney Rooster versus Penrith Panther. A dollar thirty-seven Panther, three dollar fifteen Rooster. Nine and a half is the line, and there's been a nibble for the minus, and it's a flat 48 the total, and there's uh, money for the under. Are we going panther or rooster here, top rope? Blocked. Blocked. <laughs> How annoying is it? <laughs> it's so annoying. I'll never uh, do it again. I like the uh, I like the chooks in this one. I think the chooks are pretty good today here. Penrith, a uh, couple, couple, couple of notes here. Penrith have... Uh, Roundly beaten the Roosters the last few times, all about Penrith Stadium. The Roosters have a pretty ordinary record against top four teams, but they have run into them at a pretty hot period for both those for, for all those sides. So, uh, yeah, they caught the storm early. Uh, the Panthers, when they were firing on all cylinders, they played, Par- <coughs> they played Parramatta last week, flogged them 28 nothing. Parramatta, we mentioned earlier, a bit of flat track bully scenario, but uh. I don't know that Penrith go that well away from home. I don't know that Penrith go that well when they're out of form. So Nathan Cleary might be back. There might be a few big names there, but Tuo's still out. Fisher Harris still out. I am 
reasonably happy that the, the the line on this one is too big. I think there might be a bit of value in the head-to-head too, but I, I, I'll, I'll be taking the plus with a good degree of confidence. Okay, so then if Cleary doesn't come up, would you take the rooster off the stick? The yeah, I'd, I'd take the rooster off the stick anyway. So I'd bet him small now. If he's not playing, I'd take him large. Mm, okay. The uh, the match of the round clearly this week is our beloved Melbourne Storm against Manly Seagulls at Suncorp, 7.35. I like these earlier uh, tea times. $1.28 the Storm. Sea Eagles 375, line 12.5, some money for the plus here and 50.5. A lot of points here expected, but money there is for the under, 185, 50.5. Pappenhausen, Turbo, it's a wet dream for you, MG. You'll be torn, and I think you'll just dive headfirst into any time try scorers and just cheer points, won't you? Uh, it'd probably be a watch, although <laughs> Top Top Row uh, keeps tipping me into Turbo last week. Uh, genius tipped it into uh, two plus, three plus tries, uh, gets the job done, and then they put him on the bench. How so. did you find him? Uh, yeah. Well, I text Top Row, I said, what are we doing in this game? And uh, he, that's what he told me. He said two try, three try. Uh, he could have had four or five. Uh, I think he had three he try assists where he Crazy. easily could have run in both of them. So... Um, yeah, he's awesome to watch, and uh, yeah, this matchup uh, I'm looking forward to. Okay, two questions, top rope. Why can Manly win, and then why will Storm win? Uh, Manly can't win. Manly can't okay. win. Uh, <laughs> this is – they, they, they are the, the – probably their second-best team in the conference moment. They are flying. They've got uh, – it's hard to argue that Tommy Travoy, which hasn't been the best player in the comp this year, but – the Melbourne Storm is picked teams apart. Yeah, you know, they are. They have the depth that Manly don't have. So Manly are very much trying to be trying to build themselves on the the Melbourne model of kind of three or four stars and filling up with people. Manly have weaknesses all over the field. They're just they're generally hidden and covered up by Travoyvich against the worst sides. They're not going to be able to do that against the Storm. The Storm are everywhere, and the Storm don't have a weak link on the paddock. So uh, incredible line actually for, for for kind of the two form teams. The Melbourne Storm. There can be an argument made that this is the greatest side of all time. Wow. From an, attack, from an attacking point of view, this Melbourne Storm team, no team is even close to them. Like the, they surpassed through 17 games. They they scored more points than the, the famed 1935. Uh, it's Eastern a new game, though. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to have to pull you up here. It's a new game. It's touch footy out there now. And Cam Smith walked away from the Storm. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Rugby league has a knack of changing rules every year. <laughs> it, was a, it was a new game when it went from unlimited tackle to four tackle. It went from four tackle to six tackle. Yeah, scrums contested, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, new game, plenty of points, but there were plenty of points in 1935 too. Storm would score more of them. As good um, as their offense has been top rope, is it their defense that's still built it is. on it's, all the time? Like the good squad, they're, they're hard to score against. The good sides just cannot score mm. against them, and that's the difference. I mean, I know they put the points on, which is probably different to previous years. But last week, said, it was but, yeah, that was the fortress last week. They're a brick wall. Oh. Yeah, and, and one of the advantages that they've got is that the new rules do allow do, do wear attack, opposition attacks down more than than the old rules, so they can yeah the way they throw the ball around. All it's doing is helping their defence because they've, they've got to have a very tight attack coming at them uh, more often than not. So their defence is amazing. The defence is reliable. They finished in the Craig Bellamy era. I think they've missed the top two in defence once uh, mm. since 2003. So, and, and grand final is typically won by a team who has a top two defence. So uh, if that defence is absolute key. is the bedrock that the Storm success is built on. And this this, this newfound attacking flair is... is uh, a sight to behold, but it is kind of a new element, and yeah, it has to me that elevates the storm to, to the greatest level. Do I think this storm is the greatest of all time on paper? No, it's hard to go past you know Slater, Smith, and Cronk at their peak. But what they're doing this year, yeah, relative to the rest of the competition, hasn't been done by the storm. Mm. It's uh, it's amazing. We'll get Tristan on Bet Doctor tomorrow, and I'll ask him how his how his futures position on Melbourne Storm is. I'm tipping it could be absolutely horrific. They're into two dollars twenty. Uh, Penrith three ninety. South six dollars. Manly eleven dollars, and that's probably the uh, the chances there. But two twenty. Uh, they could be really hooked up the Storm, and it'll be a nasty result. Ask, asking his P and L on Melbourne Storm games this year as well. Well, I already know. I think they're doing an absolute kyber on, I'm on rugby league. I'm surprised the bookies are even putting them up anymore. They just they, they just continue to be too low, 
And I'm not sure they how this goes. They don't put them up high enough. I don't know what, I know. like why, yeah, why it's follow the leader. But if you're, yeah, if you were a bookmaker and you saw that, you know, like whoever goes out first, tab goes up minus twelve and a half, minus four and a half. If you like the storm, why are you not just going up minus twenty two and a half? Mm. Screw the arbors. Like let the arbors come in on the plus. They like, don't work do, that do, way, do, Top Rope. You know, it's it's do, copy the leader. It's, you know, the AFL did it again. You know, they do it every week. Sport, the sports better have been putting mm. their totals up first and the other the other joints all copy. They don't even go one off in the AFL. Everyone comes up 165 for the same total. How is that possible? No one has it's, an opinion. It's, it's, and you know what? It's wonderful when things like this happen because they all it's follow awesome. the leader. And they all, they all just let off the He's to try and get on. But it helps <sighs> you get on because everyone just copies the leader mm. and at least you've got six or eight options to get on instead of just, you know. One or one. you know, it's hard enough to get on, but at least at least they all copy the leader. So when one makes a mistake, they all do. All right, oh, well, it's, gonna... it's, so, it's the state that we were getting to say, boy, we're, we're, we're lucky we got people like Tristan that yeah you know, around in the game because most of it is just seriously copy and paste job from whoever's first up. What a bet three six five got? What a sports bet! Like it's it it's silliness, but in a, in a scenario where where the game has fundamentally changed, uh, it's very helpful because. Yeah, the storms, the lines just aren't big enough. Like this, this week is the first week I've, I've seriously thought, gee, they're close to getting it right off the bat here. <laughs> close, not, not, not quite there, but close. But normally, like, I, I, seriously, like the last, the last eight to ten weeks, I reckon they've been six to eight points off from the get go. Mm, there's been massive shifts. It's crazy how much the markets move. Yeah, but you think someone's reviewing it at some stage within these betting organisations go, hang on a sec, Melbourne Storm, keep moving at least a try. Uh, maybe we should, if we think it's 12, maybe we'll go 16 and try and get some dog money or go 18 and, you know, at least force the market. But um, anyway, it's good good for punters. Like the totals we had that month, what, two months ago or three oh. months ago when they changed the rules, <laughs> mm. they took four to four to six weeks to catch up. To get up. it right. No, uh, we called that early and it was a fill-up for Rovers punters. Hopefully uh, we've helped the punters at home. Spot these early trends, and something that uh, isn't easy for us is lock of the week. It's uh, where the three of us are making a meal of trying to get to five thousand, so we can deposit more than the ten thousand we've already given to raise.org.au. It's an unbelievable organisation. They turn around kids that are going down the wrong path and they provide mentors for them. We need mentors for Lock of the Week, to be honest. We've been uh, paddling for 20 to 21 weeks. I keep wanting this segment to be deleted. Last week, I tell you what, West Coast Eagles. West Coast Eagles, I went to war with last week. That was probably one of the most insipid performances I've ever witnessed against Collingwood. I'm furious. And old fucking big mouth, Kane Corns, he agreed with some imbecile on radio probably t- two months ago saying that West Coast had 10 of the best players in the AFL, maybe in the VFL, Kane, and that's why we can't listen to these Caroline Wilson and Kane Corns. Sides. They would never have a bet. And I tell you what, I'll probably never back West Coast ever again in my life, not for the next year and a half. They were absolutely <laughs> pathetic. MG's gone. Oh, your PL on West Coast this year is embarrassing, but I needed to get that off my chest. So West Coast Eagles will not be in my lock of the week. I'll open up lock of the week. I've got the, I've got the Jimmy Brits here. I think uh, I'll finally crack into the $1,000 mark this week. I'm going to take the D's minus 14 and a half against West Coast. So cop that. Uh, Brisbane Lions, 10.5. That looks like a bet. They were good in the last half against uh, my Hawkers down in Tassie last week. So 10.5 against the Dockers. The Swans look better than the Saints at the moment, $1.40 there. And the Cats to beat GWS, who are up and down like a bride's 90. And that's 571 for that uh, four-leg moral. And that'll take me over the $1,000 mark, and I can make a real big run in uh, into September here. I still think I'm going to get there. And this week, bang. We See you, West Coast. We all think we're going to get there. Just got a timeout. <laughs> Just leaving it late. That's all. Yeah, it's. All right, I'm going to have a uh, three. Just, I'm going to try and find a base here. To, oh, to you launch. are so gutless in this segment. <laughs> um, Still not working for you. No, it's not. And I'm going to, and I'm going to fall into another side that just I can't stand. But I'm, I've already fallen into them. Is uh, Richmond? I'm oh, going to have God. treble head to head. Richmond. <laughs> Sydney and Bulldogs at uh, just a tick over six to four for the 200. So I've just got to try and get some traction in this competition. Okay, so the greater than uh, $2.50 for the new players at home. Top rope, Tadeshi, how are you going to uh, slaughter lock of the week this week? Uh, I am just getting in early here. I'm getting in real early. I'm going to go 
Uh, Kalen Ponger, two plus tries at four dollars forty. Oh wow! Lock of the week. Oh, that, a little, little bit of flair. He can find something outside the square, our man, top rope. But uh, sensational. I can't put anything inside the square. That's for sure. <laughs> you might as well go outside. <laughs> I'll tell you what, your Olympic uh, game stuff is so outside the square, it's not funny. So I think it's uh, 22 bucks for the rest of the last four days. Uh, very cheap stuff. I think you're going over a, over 20% ROI on your, uh, on your for the first, what is it, 10 or 12 days. So fantastic stuff. Big hat tip. Yes, there'll be something beat for the Hall of Fame next week, Top Rope. You'll be in the Hall of Fame, no doubt, if you can keep that uh, momentum up for the Olympic Games. And I think it's about 55 bucks if you want any of Top Rope's Rugby League action for the last four weeks plus finals. So you check that out. Top Rope, in, uh, enjoy a couple of day uh, holding hands expedition down to uh, Julian and Canberra. I notice uh, as soon as the NRL goes to town, you just try and shimmy your way into uh, into the ACT. I love your work there. Hopefully you, you get to watch uh, the blockbusters this weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. See you, guys. See you, Tom. All right. That's a, uh, that's a wrap from us. Uh, done and dusted. Hopefully we've found you a winner or two for this week's sports betting action. Absolutely cracking round of rugby league with... Us uh, and the Olympics, it's been unbelievable for especially the poor buggers in lockdown in Sydney and uh, in Queensland have just gone through a bit of a snap lockdown there. Hopefully the AFL continues. We've already spoken about uh, how good the standard was in the Sydney-Essendon game. So the coaches out there, a little bit of a memo. Please give us more of that. We need more of that. It's the first time I uh, haven't heard MG complain about a match for about six weeks. You That's- liked it. Yeah, match, probably match of the year. Wasn't it great? great yep. So fingers crossed we can get more of that stuff. It's starting to hot up in the AFL and NRL, and uh, we'll see you next week.